<laughs> you do have a lot more things to look at. Not really. It's just a ticking clock and little squiggly lines that go across the screen. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I know what GarageBand looks like. I know you do. Maybe I've, maybe I've stepped it up and gone to another program. Why would you do that? Because eventually I should probably learn something that's a little bit more professionally. You'd have to upgrade your OS. Oh, that's just pointless. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to you upgrading your OS so then we can get you on the newer final draft. Well, tell, tell my uh, producer to pay me properly and then I can get a new computer. That's your job. I'm you not your agent. For this or, or, uh, <laughs> you want to fight about this later? No, we'll fight about this later. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what happened to us? Welcome back, guys. Mm -hmm. With Nate, Stacy, and yeah. Hugh. Nathan. Yeah. yeah. And Episode 83, Return uh, of the... Are you trying to come up with a title? Yeah. F please do, every time. Well, because 1983 is when Return of the Jedi came out. So uh, this would be like Return of the... I don't know. Was it Yeah, it was 83. It's 83, 84. Yeah. It was 83. Yeah, 1980s when Empire, all, Empire Strike Black came out. Titles all tend to be a organic thing. You know, you just take it from something that happens in the episode, right? Well, Usually. I just, well, I just all of a sudden, like, I realized it was episode 83, and I automatically think of 1983, and it, for some reason I think of Return of the Jedi. So for me, it was organic. Well, Why don't gonna... we just call it... I, I, my vote is for 34th anniversary of the Challenger exploding. Oh. It rolls off, rolls off the, rolls yeah, that's, off the that's, tongue. Is, is it actually the anniversary of that? No. It, it is the 34th anniversary, yeah. Really? No. Yep. Yeah, no, right. no. Yep. No. Yeah. Because I was in seventh grade. I was in seventh. I was in it second was grade when that happened. No, it was, 19, it was 1986. So I don't know what grade you were in 1986. See, there you go. And we're on episode 83. No, no, he's. You were talking about the day. Oh. 34 years. 34 oh. years. January 28th, 1986. Oh, okay. So yeah. yeah, that was a fun day at school. Yeah, it was great. I don't remember the the actual incident. So you know that they they say it's one of those you know days everybody remembers where they were when it happened. I my only memory of it is remembering the the Punky Brewster episode about it, oh. which aired I believe later that season or maybe yeah, it's probably that same season where there's where Punky wanted like her dream was to be an astronaut and they witnessed the Challenger explosion in her class and then she got all sad. Yeah. But I don't remember I don't remember witnessing like the the actual day of. Oh, I do. All. Dude, we came back from lunch and my teacher Ms. Rippy, she like was back she came back and she was crying and we're like what and she was she was an emotional woman to begin with um but and super sweet like she was just she was that she was one of those teachers that you kind of wanted to have she's like the perfect elementary school teacher like very like the the teacher that gives you hugs and is very like when she was mad at you you knew that she was mad because otherwise she was always bubbly does that make sense um, and yeah. so she came in and she was just crying and we're like, what happened? And she tells us that the challenger exploded. Oh, so you didn't get to witness it. No, we didn't see it, but she, she I've, saw it. Yeah. She and a bunch of the other teachers, cause it happened during our like lunch or recess break. Yeah. And she was in the teacher's lounge and they were watching cause there was the teacher, Krista, mm -hmm. uh, Krista McGuffey or McCullough. McCullough. She was the teacher, and she died on it. And of course, her students were watching that, which was terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that documentary like a, a few years ago, and the, the the video of watching her kids watch it was I couldn't watch that anymore. That was heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. What was it? Uh, I was just in a classroom. We were watching it, and just like it was, I, I don't know if you've realized what the magnitude of what hap just happened at the age that it was. What third grade? I was at Tollgate at oh. the time. Well, you would have been at first grade because no, I was in no, second no. grade. I was not in first grade. Well, then you were in eight, second grade. Eight, Eighty-six. I was in. Uh, I was in New Jersey. Um, I was at Tollgate. I was. Are in you third older grade. than me then? I was in third grade when this happened in eighty-six. Then you're older than me. I was seven. I was seven too. I was in second grade. Couldn't have been first grade. If it matters to anybody, I was in the first grade. So, so figure figure out the math from there. I'm younger than both of you. This is true. Mm -hmm. You graduated college what? Aughts? Or wait, 2002? I uh, still, still haven't. Still haven't graduated. <laughs> All right. Moving yeah. on. I am two credits shy. Two, are, you know, I I'm would al almost I'm like to think I'm that joking. you aren't joking there. 
No, I'm joking. 2002. Mm-hmm. So, Nate, you brought to attention as well, like, there was a little Grammy issue after this weekend? The Grammys? The oh, gra- me. Oh, was that I, you who I, brought, I brought, brought that attention? Up. I'm like, I brought that up. So, apparently, there is, so the, um, whatchamacallit? The Academy? The yeah so the the recording academy recording academy hold on i have to go to that so the former ceo who just who was there for like six months deborah dugan has stepped down but she is um she is suing them and she's alleging you know uh, she's alleging um the academy of voting corruption sexual and sexual harassment and a rape cover-up um, of the pr- former CEO. Of the former CEO. No. The former CEO. Well, no, the, of the rape. Well, the, the rape cover-up was executive producer Ken Ehrlich, wasn't it? No, it's Neil Portnow. That he oh, oh, that he well, allegedly uh, raped an artist. Um, wow. Yeah, and that and that that was the real reason that his contract was not renewed in 2019. And that, but that, so his contract wasn't renewed, but then, and then Dugan was brought in, and but then she was told that he was that he, that so that was in order to kind of like cover up and appease you know what had happened there, but that but that, then the chairman of the of the Grammys, John Popo, pressured her to re- rehire Portnow as a quote unquote consultant with a three quarters of a million dollar salary, despite. The rape and cover-up allegations, um, but on top of that, she also. Um, so, so, oh. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but like outside of reading, like what? Uh, never mind. Continue on. Well, on top of that, uh, she also accuses the institution of voting corruption, um, saying that like, like. One song on the list, like long list, song, song, one song, long list what, for 2019 had been ranked 18 out of 20 by the Grammy nomination committee, but the, the artist behind the song sat on the committee and was represented by someone on the Grammys board. So that song was slotted at the top of the list. And that like, basically that, that added artist, artists that weren't selected by the Grammys voting pool um, oh, that the nomination committee added artists that weren't selected by the Grammys voting pool. So, like, let's say the voting pool, like, put these people, then the board would be like, well, but we really like this person. This person's an institution and was saying that they manipulate the, the nomination process to ensure that certain songs or albums are nominated when and because the Grammys producer want Ken Ehrlich wants a particular song performed on the show. They want basically a certain look. They want what will draw people in. So this isn't, it kind of goes to, in a sense, what you've alluded to with the, the award shows that you used to work on, Nate, that they're all fake, you know, yep. that it's like everything's bought, you know, that this is record companies. And, and there's a, I, I came upon this from reading another article about uh, Billie Eilish, who I, I really like, but they keep, basically the recording industry is touting her as this, you know, homemade sensation and she did like she makes music with her brother and they made it at home but she already had she and her family had industry connections and that's how that's one of the reasons like she was able to make it she wasn't just like somebody she kind of in a sense was not like a justin bieber who was just throwing up stuff online and comes from nowhere canada like she has she has industry connections it's not that they get you everywhere but they do get you in. Still need some form of talent. You need some form of talent, but at the same, how many talented people do we know that are not going anywhere? Well, yeah. Once again, I, I'm not. That's. I'm looking at one of them. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> but when it, what what they're saying is that, <laughs> but that they're using. You're not talented. <laughs> the music industry is great in that they're using they're using that in a somewhat of a false narrative around Billy that they're, they're basically, they're creating it around Billy. I'm not saying that Billy's is fake or anything. Um, that the false narrative that the music industry is creating around Billy is, is selling something to kids that isn't real, Uh, but they're doing it to, to sell more albums. 
and to sell more homemade musical equipment and stuff like that that anybody can be a star well i mean yes yes like if you create like she still had to create the music if she created mm-hmm. the music that went then that's fine yeah like once again there's some talent there uh having you know seen a bit of like the underbelly of music not a huge amount just enough where i'm like Ugh, it's ugly yeah um i just you know i give hats off to anyone who can create anything like that and you know once again uh yeah nepotism and money is always a factor to anyone in any form of this in- entertainment industry for for the for a good portion of people but then there are those who don't and they do actually you know work their ass off get it and you know mm-hmm. and they prove a point like you always look at those Grammy nominations. Like, what was it? Uh, Beck and uh, Beyonce. What was that for best album? Like, mm. was it two years ago or so? Three or four. Three, three where where it was like every song was broken down by who wrote what, and it's just Beck. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like twenty some odd people for every Beyonce song. It's mm-hmm. just like. Yeah. And the whole album was just him. And you yeah. just say, there's a talent. And then you know, she's not, not, not that she's not talented, don't get me wrong. She is a performer and she does great at what she does. Yeah. Uh, not my cup of tea, but hey, everyone has their own thing. Um, even Beck, I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, he was great. And I'm just kind of over that yeah. from way back when. It's you, Everyone goes through those phases of music, I think. I don't know. And the Grammys are just a sham anyways these days. It has been for they've, several... Go ahead. They've been a sham to me since uh, Ashley Simpson's not even ever been nominated for one, and that's a fucking crime against humanity. Yeah, because you know that lip-syncing challenge. They wanted one of those. <laughs> oh, everybody everybody lip-syncs on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> this is true. Absolutely. You go back and listen to her song, La La, and tell me it doesn't slap. And, I, and if you tell me that, I... Call you a liar, because it is awesome. Is it on Spotify? It is probably. It's on the one we album. Can find it was it on, on that album that she was. It was that album she was promoting when Snell. That was. It was. It was her second single off that album. I forget what the first single was. Pieces of Me. I think oh, it was called. I think so. Uh, the, the song is called La La. Listen to it. It bangs. And the lyrics. The lyrics just. They they touch me in my soul. Hmm. But she was just. Um, you know. I guess that was nepotism gone wrong because just, you know, she got a chance because of her sister, but it just never panned out. Well, now she's upped her nepotism game by marrying Diana Ross's son. That's true. Yeah. Doesn't seem Uh, to have helped much. Although I don't think she's trying. I don't think she's really trying. They got a reality show out of it. Yeah. I mean, they they did have a reality show out of it. And uh, the the problem is, too, though, is that I feel that, you know, Evan Ross is the Ashley Simpson of the Ross family. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I think they're perfect for each other. He seems they seem like a sweet couple together, you know. I mean, at least I appreciate the fact that Tracy Ellis Ross, who I love and who is hilarious, she's like she's like I can't sing. She's like I'm Diana Ross's daughter and I cannot sing. (laughs) Like she's done a bunch of stuff. She's like nope, not gonna try. Nope, she's carved out her own niche, you know. And I and it's not that like any of Diana Ross's children need to not sing because their mother, you know, was Diana Ross. It's just you know. It's, it's tough. I, I mean, Michael Jordan's kids tried to play basketball. They, they all stopped because they couldn't play yeah, anywhere. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you you sometimes you need the genes from both sides this to is true. like if, like I I don't know I I don't know if my if Jordan's mother the mother of his kids was an athlete or not, but you know who knows with with um the uh, the Ross Diana Ross's kids they have it's she has four four or five kids, but it's with three different people. Correct. Like Evan Ross and Tracy Ellis Ross don't have the same mother. Father. Uh, my father. <laughs> they have the same mother. But the oldest, but and I don't know much about her multiple husbands, except that the her oldest was Barry Gordy was the father. Right. So it's possible that that child would have a better chance of musical chops, although Barry Gordy was not a singer, so you never know. He, you know, he was just whatever. producer and owner. Yeah. Yeah. But usually, you'll usually find like you know when it's the child of two athletes or, or two amazing musicians or something, they generally have a better chance of, of getting that you know well, we'll see that with, passing on. We'll see with Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll um, just or... have a couple of meth addicts. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
possible. I'm a horrible human being. I had a it's crush possible. on Andre Agassi for like a hot minute when B- I was bald. Andre Agassi or mullet Andre Agassi? Um, it's still bald Andre. Agassi. I actually I preferred bald Andre Agassi. He looked much better. You know, looked this is way me better. Speaking, he looked way better. That hair, the fake hair piece, was absurd looking. I will. I will always. Like it was like a, I will always take a bald man over a man with like crap hair. Like honestly, like long talk, that long sc- you. scraggly okay, hair. <laughs> I mean, I like one of my boyfriends when we started dating, he had hair, but it was thinning on top and it wasn't, he didn't have like, he wasn't having the good like Picard. He didn't have the good balding, male balding pattern. We know what what I'm talking about. Um, yes. And so then I, I just, he kept like complaining about it and I just looked at him and I said, just shave it. And he was shocked that I said that, but I was like, I, I like you no matter what. I just would prefer, I was like, I think honestly you'll look better with it shaved. And I think you'll appreciate your, you won't have to worry about it as much. I think you'll enjoy your life a little bit more. And he did it and he looked better and he felt better. It was fine, you know? There you go. Yeah. All right. It's a lot of stress. I mean, I don't know. Was it easier for you when you started shaving your head, Nate? Like, did you feel like oh, oh, literally a weight off your shoulders? <laughs> I don't, I don't shave my head. <laughs> not anymore i mean it's when natural you, i mean when you started to um well yeah i guess it was just easy yeah i mean i, I mean, i've been doing it since college so yeah. i don't even really remember yeah. i mean it's really disconcerting seeing like childhood pictures of you with uh hair like that picture that pepsi picture of you when you're that ad from pepsi. Uh, that was a toupee <laughs> that three-year-old toupee i've been i've been wearing hair pieces since i was three years old oh way to go so, yeah it took me a long time to grow hair, so yeah, yeah. So like, I my parents let me run around with this like blonde mullet with a comb over for several years. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> it was an ugly look as a child. Yeah. So I'm like, I think I burned most of those child photographs. I was bald till like I was two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the good huh. times. Oh, and now I'm like the only thing I have going for me is my hair. So yay life. I, I'm glad you said it because we were thinking it. <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. I, great I, hair, great, great head, great head of lettuce, as they say, but not a lot else going on. No, not really. Uh, but yeah. I'll take it because I'm vain like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's true. I would, I would, be, I would be jealous. I do think you have a, you have a really nice, you have nice facial hair oh, too. Like you, eh. you can grow a good like beard and mustache. It has to be a big beard. It can't be like yeah. one of those five o'clock shadow beards. No, it doesn't have. I don't have. Like it's either this or what, you. Yeah, me. Yeah, you, you go through you go through phase. I have like, like a mullet when, when it's short, right? Yeah, it's a mullet phase. It of... gro- yeah, it, yeah, it grows in, but it, I mean, you got a nice full beard, and this is, I mean, if we want to do a whole hour on your luscious facial hair, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm all right with it too. Honest, let's talk. Honestly, let's talk up my ego of facial hair. Last week's uh, hour long talk on center stage, you've earned. Uh, I've earned a little but, bit of, um, of me time. Yeah, you have. Yeah. This is this is huge self care time. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Hugh. Tell so, me what's going on. How, how are you? Oh, I'm what's fine. What's going on in Hugh's life? No, let's 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 move on. No, let's talk no, about you. No, let's not. Yeah. Like as much as I enjoy talking about my life on air, mm-hmm. because we we dive into so much personal stuff on your lives, uh, we're gonna shove that to the corner. Like <laughs> I mean, I you've do got with, a birthday coming up in like a month a, and hey, a half. I I texted you a photo of my urine results for my my lab work. I, I my my life's an open book. I I appreciate knowing that nothing is going wrong. Everything seems to be in the middle of no. what those charts mean. Mm-hmm. I have no That's, idea what I, that means. It's got a good straw color and a nice pH. We're good. There we go. I'm, I'm very happy for you, my friend. Thank. Very, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm like, what happens if you fail that urine exam before your surgery? Well, like like Stacy said, it's if you if you have an infection, then they're gonna they won't let you do surgery if you already mm. have some some form they, they, that's they were in the all work like they had to look at if my you know if my white blood cells were unusually high it could be i already have an infection of mine mm-hmm. if you know they that's why they had it, hell that's why i had to go to the dentist again get right. a, a checkup because if there's any sort of gum disease that could lead to infection so they and i took i got MRSA swabs in both my nose and mouth like to make sure I don't have staff. Like they they take that stuff pretty seriously. Well, yeah, they don't want you dying on the table. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you don't you definitely yeah, don't want to get I'm a type of like infection, like staff or MRSA infection. Like that would be terrible. No, this is the thing. Like, yeah, human beings. Like we're there's that there's that Swiffer commercial that's been out recently where this girl's like, 
It's like, I just, I found out what was in dust and it's like, it's like dust mites and pieces of like dead skin and da da And it was like, oh, this is gross. And it's like, she's trying to make her place incredibly sterile. And I was like, beings in general are just filthy, nasty creatures. Like we're filled with so many things, like good bacteria, bad bacteria. Like it's amazing that all of us yeah. are alive at any point during the day that like some little microbe hasn't killed us. I mean, obviously we have this new coronavirus going around, which seemed particularly timely that Netflix released a limited series called Pandemic last weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously you've watched this one. Yes, I haven't finished it all because it's a little tough, but but they're talking about a, well, they're talking about like, you know, pandemics and, and based on flu viruses which a coronavirus is different, but it's still an upper respiratory virus. Um, and hmm. so the fact that like everything that they're talking about, if you're interested in what is going on and freaked out with what is going on in China and what is spreading, because we now have a couple of cases in Southern California as well, it probably will grow. Watch, watch this and fucking it's wash just, your hands. Just wash your hands. It, but SARS is terrible. Yeah. SARS was, this is the thing is that we don't, we're so isolated here in America, in a sense, like, but we're not because we are global because, but we don't have the population density, like kind of as crazy as China or India. Cause they, they go to the, these places and think about like the, the city of Wuhan is 11 million people. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm aware. That's just yeah. one city. That, that city's on shutdown. Yeah. Yep. It's completely locked down. But then they're in, they in this thing, they're in uh, Raja, uh, the city of Jaipur in Rajasthan. And I forget how many millions of people are there, but there's an outbreak of flu. They call it swine flu there, yep. but it's just the regular seasonal flu here. But they have to go because it's getting so bad there. This was like last year. They're going house to house, but like, or not house to house is a misnomer because hut to hut. it's no, it's like a, in apartment buildings, but I mean, everybody's living right on top of each other. So like in an apartment building, like what you live in right here, there would be maybe three times as many people yeah. living here. Yeah, sure. So it's so crazy. So that's how it spreads so easily. It well, could yeah. devastate. A city like New York City would be devastated a little bit quicker um, than I would say like Des Moines, Iowa. However, like you go to like, they also show like a, a place in um, Oklahoma where it's like Jefferson County, Oklahoma, where there's basically there's one county hospital they have kind of like maybe two or three county doctors who rotate, do 72-hour shifts at mm. that hospital and take care of people. Like, it's a lot of work. And if they had an outbreak, if everybody got sick in that county, it would be devastating because you'd only have a couple of doctors there. Right. It's insane. Yeah. Well, that's the medical system in the United States. So, hey, we're winning at life. No, I'm just – listen. It's Go ahead. I was going to say, if, if if we don't see any Corona beer slash coronavirus tie-ins for the Super Bowl commercials, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> I, I did see a, like a cartoon of a Corona a Corona executive. It's like, well, you meant to say the Amstel or the Budweiser virus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, do you know why it's called the Corona coronavirus? No idea. Because um, the actual cell looks like. When you know when there's a, a total solar eclipse and you can see the sun's corona, uh, that's what the cell has. It kind of has these jagged edges that come out that look like a sun's corona. So that's why they named it originally coronavirus. Well, coronas need, needs to do some rebranding now. So yeah, it's crap beer anyway. True. It's, I mean, of the Mexican beers, it's not wasn't nearly my favorite. And it does it to itself. The whole I don't the sunlight degrades beer. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're the one of the few beers that has a completely clear glass. I know it's so and wrong. the entire reason why you need a lime in a beer is because it's it's already become shit beer from being in sunlight. So I it, it seems like a oh no the lime, logical logical step would be to not use clear glass. Well, the lime limes are actually yeah, to keep flies out of it. Well, it also helps the taste. It's already Corona beer is already bitter by the time you open it. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the lime I never helps. Used the limes. I never liked Corona. Yeah, fair. Though I do admit, salt. I, I didn't like any of the Mexican beers. Uh, like um, 
adding salt actually makes it kind of kind of good but i don't drink beer so what, what are you gonna do yeah, yeah. not much there i mean go. yeah you were always a, a fan of the vodka uh i'm i'm a scotch man now oh wow strictly strictly, strictly scotch. scotch single malt have, have you gone have you, you gone spent, like you spent time with bill safer you you you, you turned to scotch so you so you've gone full safer now full safer okay Full safer, though we do mix it up between single malt uh, or um, or blend. like a blended Johnny Black. Mm. Um, you know, still a good, nice whiskey. My de- my de- generally a, a night of sc- scotch drinking with Bill Safe, watching the news is a glass of uh, Macallan Twelve Year Triple Cask. Very good. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Have you ever had the Balvenie Caribbean Cask? It's fourteen year. I don't think so. It's very nice. I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's, oh. uh, it's a good, I will try that. It's a good bottle. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and let's talk about whiskey I, in front not... of the guy who loves whiskey that can't drink whiskey. So this is fun. I mean, you can drink whiskey. I shouldn't be drinking whiskey. But you should not be drinking whiskey. Yeah. It's a good yeah, thing not, that you we're don't. Not the one who... hmm? Among the three of us, we're not the one who's the quitter, man. <laughs> man up. You know, life life decisions and whatnot. And, uh... It's a good decision. It's a good life decision. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so boring. It's, it's up there with me quitting drinking Fireball. It was just a, it was a decision that had to be made. Yeah, that that's true. But you were drinking so much Fireball, dude. Oh, I'm almost positive it ripped a hole in my. Stomach. Yeah, I I would say I would have. Almost positive. Did... When I was in uh, uh, Nashville, well, out with the friends in Nashville, because uh, it's still a huge thing there. Yeah. I feel like it. I feel like it kind of died away in L.A. Like maybe the young still ordering it oh they do like up, at the, up at the den but like yeah nashville every single bar has like on out you know out on their chalkboard outside with their drink specials all of them without fail have fireball shots and well it's cheap the friends that the friends that i was with and some of them are you know in their 50s that's the first thing they wanted at a bar and i'm like seriously i i once tried to get bill safer to have fireball he took one smell from the mm-hmm. bottle called stomach rot whiskey and refused Stomach rot whiskey is a good way to describe it. That's exactly what, it, it, it's that wrong. with sugar added to it, trying to make it like yeah, it's, sweeter it was, to go down. There was a time when I enjoyed a nice fireball with a with a splash of Coca Cola. I would just uh, rather those, have those, like a a scotch on the rocks and then eat hot tamales on the side. That is actually you just named two of my favorite things. So See, that's uh, there you go. Yes, I would I would much rather do that. Although I will say, if if you've ever let, um, I, I have before, let uh, a handful of hot, like dissolve in a drink. You know, get yourself like a glass of something, and then just drop the hot tamales in and wait for them to dissolve. It's a the, the, the cinnamon's a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Not a not a huge fan. Yeah. See, I wouldn't do that. Wait, weren't you the one that put like gummy bears in shots of vodka and let them sit on? Like, I did. I did. Let them I sit did. in the bar. Those things so soaked them up like a sponge for six hours three hours sit it was a couple hours that yeah the the vodka was gone and those those gummy bears were heavy as (laughs) disgusting oh it's like the old watermelon trick that that i don't know if anybody's ever actually done you know oh yeah you you can't hardly wait they did it well they cut that scene out strangely enough weird i don't know i wonder i'm i've always been curious why i don't know i mean maybe just for time but it that's how they they, use jay um Jason. Jason in, the, in that was so odd because you could tell he had a bigger part that just got cut down. Yeah. It's very strange. There was the whole scene where he's like, I've been, I put vodka in this in the beginning of the year and then it falls and breaks. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, the whole crying. Yeah, and I think, I think the reason we know it existed is either in the trailer or something. Like I think he, it was a trailer. It was like, yeah, I think it was in the trailer. And then in the movie, you, when you do see this, when Jason finally is on screen, and he has some lines in it. Um, but when you do see him, like, and during the party, he's eating the watermelon, but there's no explanation for why he's eating watermelon. <laughs> well, for he, per- he just has, like, the slice the slice in his hand. Yeah, for people who don't know who we're talking about, Jason Siegel is the, the watermelon guy in Can't Hardly Wait. Just, oh. Just can't, you know. It was a, I think it was his first movie role, I believe. Yeah, he was super, super young. Yeah. So he was, I think it was during the, uh, what was, uh, Freaks and Geeks era. Of the Apatow crew. Yeah, it came, it came out exactly when, when Can't Hardly Wait came out, because it, it, it came out exactly as that as I was that age. Like, I think I saw it, like, a few days after my high school graduation, so mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of 
fit perfectly. Yeah, 98. Jeez. Yep. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Freaks and Geeks came out yeah. in 99. Yeah, so a little before. I, the thing that made me feel really old is I just saw a commercial for it's because uh, it's coming to St. Louis. It's the 20th anniversary of Rent. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, Rent came out when I was in college? Yep. My first year, 1997? Rent came out in 2000. 2000. 2000. 2000. Oh, wait. Well, shit, when I graduated college nearly. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh, I know. I got the I got the email over Christmas like oh, your your twentieth tw- college reunion's coming up. What the fuck? This May, right? Fucking mine's hell. next. I have to go back to Norton, Massachusetts for mine because it's the only time I get oh. to see the majority of my friends from college. Like, man, I'm like, oh, is is, is Wheaton still a school? It's, it is still it is still an accredited college. So uh, it was ne- it was never accredited. Oh. You know, it is. So, do they have an oh, online the, branch yeah. now? No, we do not. No, we're too small for that. Are you sure? Because Southern New Hampshire University seems to have made a name for themselves online. Anything in New Hampshire, you can't trust. <laughs> Live free or die is your state motto. You are a libertarian state of libertarians. So, I know nothing about New Hampshire. It, it, they don't. It's like a, you don't pay state income tax and things like that. it's one of those mm-hmm. uh states where you're just like it's a bit backwoods up there Woo! yeah a lot of a lot of militia yes there is a bit of that i have a feeling yeah mm-hmm. you know vermont not so much it's just new hampshire maine's just maine it's go pick your potatoes yep. um go pick your potatoes <laughs> well that's what would like i used to know a couple of kids who grew up in maine and they if they're in northern maine they the town would be like school and everything else would be off when it was potato picking season oh. so they would take off school and everyone would go pick potatoes huh. so because it was towards winter time i once again maine is frigid been there a few times and i'm like nah, i'm good i'm good that's cold you're like nope Mm-mm. it's a nice place beautiful but isolated and cold you know i'm good and there's like bar harbor or some other island mm-hmm. what was it moose port Welcome um, to Mooseport. Welcome to Mooseport. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, things yeah. like that. So, a great presidential movie. I never watched it. You never watched no. Gene Hackman? Yeah, no, I never did. No. Uh, what was it? Ray? It didn't, didn't have enough dance sequences, ballet dance sequences for my, for my life. <laughs> oh, the eye roll. I, I was, yeah, there, there was a conversation that I, we were having about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And there's uh, Shannon Tate? Sharon. Sharon Tate. Okay. So Sharon Tate, and we were talking about Margot Robbie, and I, our friend, a friend of ours uh, picked up uh, that uh, Hilary Duff did a Sharon Tate movie. Oh, really? What, what do you mean? Really? Oh, she did, like, like... Are you talking about a Cinderella story? No, not talking about a Cinderella story. Wait, Valley of the Dolls? No, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how many movies Sharon Tate was in. No, 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 not Sharon Tate. Hilary Duff played Sharon Tate in a movie. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's that. That's the O. And I was like, oh, you know who probably seen that is Nate. <laughs> yeah. was, was the punchline to that joke. Because I'm like, Nate's the only one who would watch that. The Haunting yeah. of Sharon Tate, who came out this past year. Yeah. So I think it's like a retelling of the Sharon Tate story, much like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. So, where she's the murderer, maybe. Where Sharon Tate's the murderer? Yes. Oh, God, I don't know. The only, I, I'm really only a fan of the Lizzie McGuire part of, of Duff's catalog, so. Really? Just, I'll get her. just that part? Uh, uh, Cinderella's story was not great, but all things Lizzie McGuire, now that it, now that they're rebooting it, I'm, I'm back on board. Yeah, you're... Oh, wait, there's, were you a Veronica there's, Mars there's, there's fan? No, there's another family where nepotism went wrong. Haley Duff. Yeah. What? She, she did she had a like, moment. She, yeah. She did Napoleon Dynamite and a few other things, but she was never, what about, never uh, made it. Okay, can we, do we want to go down the list of where nepotism went wrong? Like Jamie Lynn Spears, who had a TV show with Nickelodeon and then got pregnant at like what? Well, 17? that was... 18 years old? Yeah, but who was... Oh, yeah, okay. Although, you know, 
her her career was on the upswing until you know you don't want to get into the scandal that may or may not have led to her pregnancy and ended her career. So I, I don't want to go with that one. Oh, the manager one. No, the Schneider yeah, one. Yeah, the direct the producer of the show. Oh right. Yes. So who who knows where her career? Now if we want to go like a Frank Stallone. Or a, um, what was what was Swayze's Patrick Swayze's brother, who still sort of gets bit parts here and there. Oh, forget God. his first name. I, I forget, no, I um, what about Eric Roberts? Do we do we go there on that one? Okay, Eric Roberts though was a very is a very talented actor. Right, like he was nominated for an Oscar for uh, was it Star Eighty back in the early eighties. Mm. Um, and he's a I mean he and Julia hate each other. Yeah. But he's a good actor. I'm not, I can't speak for his his career choices. He's made some odd ones, but I don't think he he's certainly not untalented. He's a, he's a good actor. He seems to be a man of uh little moral character. That could be. That good could, more. And that could also be why he most of the characters he plays these days are uh like um they're like villains criminal. and assholes and criminals. Yeah. yeah. That's what he tends well, to Well, the guy the guy was nominated for an Oscar for murdered his girlfriend. So, yeah, that's <sighs> he's not he's not always played except for one of the all-time uh, martial arts movies of all time, one of the all-time martial arts movies <laughs> of all time. I think you 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 might appreciate Best of the Best. Remember oh, Best yes, of the I best? do remember Best of the Best. Not one of my classic, favorites, but a classic. Classic Eric Roberts movie and he was a good guy in that, which is rare because mm-hmm. he played yeah, bad guys so, forever since he kind of went well, down he, the rabbit hole. He also kind of has that look of a bad guy. Isn't that funny? It's like the actors just, oh, no, you can't be a good guy. Mm-hmm. You just look bad. Yeah. Well, there are, so, there are a few that, that, that like uh, Robert Dobby, for instance, who yeah. uh, you might not know by name, but if you looked him up, he played the, the main Fratelli brother in mm-hmm. uh, Goonies. And yep. he plays a villain. He was also in uh, Die Hard. Like, he just has a villainous look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's also and... in uh, License to Kill. Yes. So yeah, there are certain actors that you just, yeah, you can't, which is unfortunate for them that you can only see them as villains. Yeah, yeah but it but gets then, you work. But then they make careers like, what was I watching the other night? Oh, uh, uh, Captain Phillips was on, which is a great movie. I didn't want to watch it when it came out, but then I saw it later on. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Anywho, um, but Max Martini comes in on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he plays like, Every like SWAT team leader, every oh, like yeah. police captain, like anybody who's like a military like specialist right. and stuff like that, you're just like, yep, that's what he plays, and he's really good at it. No, there's always those kind of people. Like a friend of mine who's uh, just a background actor is always working as a cop, a lawyer, a businessman. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's just always in the background. He's that's all he, he's he's a writer who just does background acting to get paid, and he's SAG now. Uh-huh. Has some decent. He was in the Christopher Nolan. For he was sequestered off to somewhere mm. for that. I don't know much more than that. I don't know anything about the movie. I just know it was the Nolan project. Mm. So, I mean, typecasting is real. Oh, it's, what? It, no. It's real, and it can be good and it can be bad as well. Like, because if it pigeonholes you in a way that you can only get work doing that, then that sucks. But if you're only getting work, if you're getting work doing that, but you're always getting work doing that, then it can be really good. And if you're fine, you know, some people try to fight it. And Bo, no, I want to do this. Well, it's like, okay, well, but do you want to eat? Do you want to work? I don't know. Yeah, there's this, like, another classic one who who's not necessarily a villainous, but he's always, I mean, if you, you would never know him by name, but David Pamer. Oh, yeah. If you look at, if, if you Google David Pamer, P-A-Y-M-E-R, he, you've seen him in just about oh, everything. Yeah. He but was in nobody a, knows his name, but he's been in, like, countless Ocean, movies. Ocean's but, 13 as the, like, yes, the reviewer. Yes, very funny. Yeah. So. Like, people like, and they've, they've made documentaries mm-hmm. about people like that, guys that are just, or men and women that are just characters. It's, it's called, it's called that guy for. that was in that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they've got and one some, for women, some, too, called that girl that was in that thing. Some, some can get, like you said, some actors don't really care. Work, work is work. They don't need to be a big star. Some of them get past it. Like there was a time when I'm sure Steve Buscemi would have been completely fine with being like a background, unique looking character actor, but it just turned out he was just very, very talented and just Stanley Tucci. I mean, he's never, get, he's never get, Oh, Stanley. Yeah. Because Stanley he Tucci. was that well, background but, but, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he That's was true. a character actor. Then, you know, he just was so good. You couldn't ignore the fact mm-hmm. that he was that good. It's also like sometimes people open up doors. Like some people believe in you. Like certain directors or producers 
or casting directors go, they fight for you. They go, you know, this, this person is not just this type of character is not just this, this co-star, this guest star, you know, uh, this, this person can be maybe not necessarily a lead, but a co-lead or could be, you know, could be up there. And so sometimes with somebody like, like Steve Buscemi, like, like Stanley Tucci, it, it's somebody just just opening up that door and saying saying you know what I, I think you're more than just this I know that you are and right. pushing for that, which is helpful. Which I think you know is a reminder that that in any business, not just not just entertainment, that helping people like seeing beyond what they're just doing right there is always good. Early um, in, early in his career, at least, you, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was always playing the same part, like kind of the goofy Asshole. comic relief. Like like his character in Twister, his character in mm. um, Along Came Polly. Uh, long, well, he had sort of a big, uh, sort of a name by then. But what we were? Why am I drawing a blank? The the Mark Wahlberg porn movie we were talking about last week. Oh, oh uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Remember, like he, Phil Silver Hoffman was like the goofy. He almost played like Jack Black characters, mm-hmm. characters that Jack Black could play, and 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 those. And then he became people. Somebody was probably like, wait, you know, this guy could probably be starring in movies. But let's also not forget, like like him. And Stanley Tucci also are big theater actors yep. as well. So yeah. they do show that range of the other things that they can do on theater, in the, the- on theater, on like on Broadway right. or in the theater. So they're always working that craft and they're like, okay, well, I'll fine. I'll be typecast as this in movies and TV and I'll, and I'll pay my rent and I'll pay my bills that way. And then I will stretch myself as an actor on stage. And, you know, yeah. so yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's your craft and it's what you want to do or you're just Vin Diesel and you just rule life and you're just a bouncer and then next day you're Dominic Toretto in The Fast and hey, the Furious. Hey, he, 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 he put in some work a little bit. He, you know, he, he I didn't mean, go straight from bouncer to, to Dom Toretto. <laughs> he made that he made that uh that short film i believe it was called faces about race and spielberg saw that really enjoyed it put yeah. him in saving private ryan it wasn't an overnight success no no it never is like anybody would say is an overnight success usually there were years of of struggle there usually usually sometimes there are exceptions that tends to be rare but I mean, he he's getting paid millions of dollars to say, I am Groot. Oh, good. I would take that. Oh, I... Oh, I mean, yeah. Somebody was like... Yeah, but he, yeah. he says it with different inflections. It's, he's great. I am Groot. I am Groot? Yeah. Let's see. I am Groot. No, Saving Private Ryan was was his well, was fourth movie. What was before that? Uh, you're right, with multi- multifacial. He was uncredited yeah, was, was in Awakenings made. as a hospital orderly. Strays that he starred in. It looks like an indie movie. Iron Giant. Hmm. Pitch Black. Iron Giant was. Those were pre. I didn't know those were pre for Saving Private Ryan. Uh, the, Iron Giant was post Pitch, Private Ryan. Pitch Black was great. I I never cared for all the other. Um, uh, I like uh, Chronicles of Riddick. I like the second one. That one was okay. Well, it gave a little bit of a backstory uh, of like what was going on. But that was the, the cool thing about Pitch Black. Pitch Black that there was no backstory. No, it was just, he was. It was the same thing with why people were kind of not annoyed, but with with Joker is that sometimes you don't like that. Wasn't that the whole thing with Joker as a comic book character? The Joker as a comic book character, he didn't have a history. And um, that was kind of the po- that was the point. You didn't know what what made him the way he was. Well, you, you and knew, that's, and you that's knew what that... like the Nolan movies did the same. You know, like the Heath Ledger did the same thing. Like you had no idea. That was the point. You had no idea where he came from or why he did the thing, except that he keep he kept telling people the stories throughout the movie, but he was lying every time. Right. Well, or at least one of them wasn't a lie, but you don't know. Well, there's numerous backstories of the Joker if you decide to actually read the origins of the Joker. So it's you know bits of Bob and like and everything that has to do with the Joker has to do with the Wayne family. Like the he, yeah, deal with it. Uh, the Waynes are the ones who created the Joker, essentially. And that, yes, it, okay, it's an awesome. It's gonna win Best Picture. Can we <laughs> can we at least acknowledge that? Uh, I don't. I have no idea. I didn't see it. I don't. How did you guys not see? Uh, did you see any Oscar-nominated movies? I don't think so. You saw Nineteen Seventeen. I did see Nineteen Seventeen. Yeah. Parents. I ra- I rarely go see movies, and I saw A Marriage Story, because um, oh, it was on, on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> exactly. Anyone like, on The Irishman? 
I mean, like, no, I haven't yeah. seen that. I haven't this is like the first year anyone could really catch at least a few of the Oscar yeah. nominated movies because they're on Netflix. Yeah. And they won't, or Amazon Prime. Is, uh, what's Netflix. No, no, there's another movie that uh, Adam Driver was on that's in Amazon Prime. It's like the Blackout. Marriage, marriage Story? Oh, no, the other one. Uh, the, the, the Torture. Like, oh, 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 The Report. Yes. That's on Amazon Prime, yes. Yeah. I just in fact, watched, I need to watch that. That's in my queue. I watched Parasite the other day, which was really entertaining. How did you watch that? Uh, I have a screener over can there. Can I borrow that? It's not mine to let, lend out. Damn so it. I can return it and say, what? I'm not going to. No. You know that they're listening to us. No, they're not. <laughs> That's why I whispered it. I, I actually didn't even whisper it. I mouthed it. Yeah, I, I'm aware, but I can't lie. <laughs> Fine, George Washington. Yes, 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 yes. Any other fun stuff going on with everyone? Oh my gosh! I finally uh, took my Christmas decorations down. Congratulations! Put them away. Yeah, <laughs> just like two months later. Nate, you went to like the from today's uh, posting. You went to a zombie apocalypse hotbed. Ghost mall. Yes. Yes, I went to a ghost mall. I go there every year. You know this. I send photos to you every year. Mm-hmm. But the reason I, every time I take a trip home and go back to this mall is because every time, like every year, fewer and fewer places are open in it. Right. So it's not completely de- – basically, it's my childhood mall. Right. Like I figured when, that when much. We grew up, when I grew up in the suburbs out, out in an area called Chesterfield, um, this was our mall. And it was a bustling, you know, big mall. And it was the, uh, the home of one of the most um, – the most life-altering moments of my life, uh, traumatizing. Uh, it's called the the York Steakhouse Incident. We refer to it in the family. It was uh, I was about in ni- about 1982, 1983. My family and I were eating a place there called the York Steakhouse. Even though Steakhouse was in the name, it was not fancy. And then that kind of leads into where the story goes. Basically, I was told I had to finish my steak dinner. Or I would not allowed to have, was not allowed to have my chocolate pudding, which was sitting in front of me. <laughs> so I had to eat the last bites of steak before I get my chocolate pudding. I couldn't finish the steak because the meat was so fatty. I just kept chewing and chewing and chewing. And you know, you ever yeah, get that piece, I know where you're going, fatty yeah. piece of meat where you literally can't even like swallow it. You're just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm either gonna spit this out or we're done. And but I, as a, you know, basically, I don't think my parents fully appreciated the mag- magnitude of the situation. By just saying, "Hey, you could probably spit that out," because they just saw me chewing and chewing and chewing. <laughs> I never, never got that pudding. Never got the pudding. Been traumatized for my entire life. I like you how- York Steakhouse to me. I go into a fit of rage. Can't even look at chocolate pudding. <laughs> Dude. Fair so, so, so anyway, that was the uh, that was where this mall, the Chesterfield Mall, and yes, it's like like many. Say, they're not, it's not as bad in L.A. The malls, some there's some struggling malls. Like Beverly Center is not doing so well, even after they throw all that money into it. I know. I, like I you was, go in there. I was there this morning and uh, dropping off. A lot empty. Oh, it, well, the stores are all there, and but there's nobody there <laughs> to to visit no, the stores. No, and it, it, yeah, and it's it's sad because I used to when I, in my walking days, I used to cut through the Beverly Center quite a bit because it was a night when I was outside and it was hot. It was mm-hmm. nice to cut through there because it was very air conditioned. Yeah. But like, you know, places like the Grove do well. The Century City, they threw all that money into it. That place is always packed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in St. Louis, the mall, a lot of malls are really struggling. Like some of them, some of the malls from my childhood to, got to the point where they closed down completely and have been leveled to the ground. But for some reason, this Chesterfield Mall just keeps on keeping on. Is there a movie theater at least? That's just it. There is, so over the years, I've gone and kind of, taken like photographic evidence as i'm walking through it like last year there was almost no stores but the victoria's secret was still open for reasons i don't can't explain there is a movie theater and a a cheesecake factory which kind of explain those two can exist on their own they don't need to be part of a mall Mm -hmm. right like that's and then 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 the macy's there is still open it's on the exact it's on the other end of the mall so to get from the macy's to the you're going through you're going through in a whole corridor of nothing. But again, a Macy's can stand on its own. Most department stores back in the day did. Right. Like, but everything in the middle is just gone. And the thing that makes it the creepiest, like the food. Last year I went, the food court was all empty except for one place. Oh, Charlie's, that sandwich place you find in almost every single um, food court around the country. I've never and heard, I've never heard was, of it. You would know it if you saw it. They're known for the fries that they put in a cup. Um, Who doesn't put fries in they, a cup? 
they're good. They're good fries. All you, right. You, well, we'll give you credit. They're in every food. Do you have like they're the wooden poker thing for the fries that you get? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The one poker thing. Yeah, it's like a like it's like a two prong wood. You know, like you would oh, use, yeah, yeah. and you poke I the fries to eat them instead of getting your hands I salty. Know. As I'm doing I little hands. I could use that. It just in general with any of my fries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they have uh, it out in Wales when you go to Berry Island. So I mean. <gasps> Dude, speaking of whales, uh, Love Island is back. I didn't bring this up to talk about Love Island because I've heard it's garbage this year. It it actually yeah people it, like it. It's yeah. I mean I will I will keep on watching it in hopes that it gets better. It's a it's a bit tame so far. There is a guy there who came on and he's from he's from Cardiff. Okay. Um, but anyway, so that's why oh. it was like segue. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a little lame so far. But uh, granted, we're in the U.S. We're like about a week behind the U.K. So I don't know what else that they they know for sure right British now. British Twitter is not very happy. You know, but at the same time, is Twitter ever really happy with anything? Twitter is basically one big complaint box. Nate, you, you have a better you, you follow a lot of Twitter verses. What what's what's the take on Twitter right now? Well, it's always angry. Well, it was it was a lot happier pre two thousand sixteen, but you know, agreed because that was when people were just free to like you know comedians would just say stupid funny things. Now everybody's angry. But yeah, I don't think I don't think I think they're all equally angry. Black Twitter, gay Twitter. Hmm. Yeah, MAGA Twitter, all of them. Yeah, I think oh, it's just yeah. it's a place where we go. Like everybody, just for the most part, goes. And it's like it's basically the world's big complaint box. Like, just want to go now, complain will... about things to put it there. There's there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, I will say the one thing because you know it's obviously it's a bit of an echo chamber with people you follow. Like mm -hmm. I don't follow a lot of pro. I don't follow any pro mag. You know, pro Trump MAGA things. But of course, the people I do follow end up retweeting and or quote tweeting them so i see them mm -hmm. so it's so you know so you get both sides there but i one of the few uniting things i've seen in a long time was was kobe dying like yeah you know just i mean it, and it wasn't just obvious universal praise it was just everybody kind of uniting and being like oh my god really like it like the sunday was the first time even during in the midst of all the impeachment stuff sunday at that what two o'clock in the afternoon whenever that story broke literally that's my entire timeline for the rest of the night was all kobe it's like people even stopped talking about politics and it was the know, only was, person again, who that... didn't was seth abramson he had a very long thread because of bolton's uh no, I, 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 but... I followed him in the beginning but then i got tired of his like 400 tweet threads oh i can't so I ever just, read them yeah. all but yeah yeah come up. but threads. i noticed but i noticed the same it basically was everything was kobe except for seth abramson <laughs> so. uh, yeah to, to just go into this little uh moment of uh did you see the obama post and then six hours later the cheeto in chief post well i saw obama's post i didn't see cheeto in chief i actually have cheeto in chief blocked because i don't want to see anything Okay, well, fair enough. I'm like, wait, so you don't get to see anyone's retweets or anything uh -uh. like that? Oh my god, that is genius! Because like, I don't want it. Because I don't want to see it. Like yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah. it enough when I watch the TV, and I see enough, like like Nate said, pro yeah, MAGA yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. through other people. You know, I'm gonna see other senators, you know, putting stuff up and 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 things like that. So I just don't. I'll hear. I just don't need to be incensed. I'll just quickly like yeah. say he just plagiarized Obama's. And, yeah. He posted something earlier that day, and it was just like, all mm. right, fitting for him. And then, like, at the, because it was like Obama, once it was all confirmed and everything else like that, made a post and, you know, did his articulate kind of thing. But yeah. it was essentially verbatim, except like some things were changed, and it was obviously not him writing it. No. And he just enjoyed this idea of, like, how, and your day continues. Mm hmm. I got nothing more than did, that. Did you did did you just use the term articulate to describe Obama? Because that's you know that's kind of a it's not always a term you want to use. Articulate. To, to you you you're not familiar with the the referring to people in the black community as articulate how insulting it is. Mm -hmm. You're not familiar with that one. I was just referring to a president that's I'm articulate. I'm not. I know that, but. I didn't. I did not know. No, I did not know that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a catchphrase that they or catch catch all word that that specifically 
like to to and again i'm not hmm. joking with you but g- generally speaking um if you were like um black men and women like referring to them as well-spoken or articulate comes across as very demeaning and it's a very insulting term that many take offense to because it's almost it's almost used in a and you don't mean to because like you, you could just if you describe anybody as articulate or well-spoken you're like that sounds like they're intelligent but it's just the the, the history of the word with the black community Hi. they take take great offense to specific and i'm specifically yeah. saying the word are like just google it google oh, i will about no it. i did not know that specifically like calling saying that a, like a black man or woman is articulate specifically that word is very like it has a very horrible history because because we um, also tend to not say that specifically about white men or women yeah it's because well it comes across as you when you say it describe and it, i don't that, know that you're surprised that a black man or yeah. woman is oh, yeah. is well spoken and, 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 and I, I that's the kind it, of the history of it I, and I don't know if it has an equal history among all peoples of color or if it, but i know specifically mm-hmm. in the black community using using articulate or well-spoken uh is offensive Oh, even though it's meant, even though it's meant as a compliment, it's just the history. Okay, Again, so, uh, I'm, I'm giving you shit. I'm not making. Yeah, I'm no. Okay, so I'll, I'll requote that as Obama put a nice, thoughtful piece together to express his emotions towards the Bryant family and the loss of two of the members of that family. Are, are we? Are we? Is, it, is that a bit better? Just say arti- articulate would have been fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> are you gonna just and say he are... he he did he did a very Obama esque. Quote. Yeah, you that's know, true. tweet. True. I mean, because Obama does have a style. He does have a wonderful style to any of oh, his of tweets. And so you, can, you, I mean, and you read everything he he writes in his in his voice. You do. <laughs> you, do you really do. You just like yeah. There's like a pause that doesn't exist that you just make in your head, and you're like, all right, that's where he takes his like. And it's just you know he, oh I miss him so much. I know. I miss him so much. <laughs> like. This this presidency has made you miss George W. And that's a war criminal. And Ugh. you're like, I miss yeah. that. And he made up words. Ugh. He made up words. And I'm like, yeah. I could deal with that. I'm like, there, there would never be anyone dumber than him in office. And nope, nope, nope. Oh, I know. Hold my beer <laughs> moment back in 2000. Um, or 2001, whatever that did. Oh, God, so bad. So bad. And oh, I have so many Republican friends. Um Oh, my head hurts now. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I took us down a rabbit hole. I did not mean to take us down. Oh, well. But what you it, did it anyway. Because I, I need people to come down with me. Nah, I think it was <laughs> my fault. I think I'm the one who brought up Kobe, so yeah. I think it's probably my Yeah, but I, my head went somewhere else, and then it was just like, oh, did you see the comparison of this mm-hmm. this plagiarized thing compared to what he said when he found out? And eh, There's no getting away from it. I do, I do get the – I do get, though, like – Using the word articulate when in comparison with the Cheeto in chief, because who who cannot put put, put a complete sentence together? Right. Like anybody, honestly, most people are more articulate than that that guy. Yeah, I'd say. Um, oh, I I made a comment on some like some thread about the Don Lemon thing that's going around today. What's the Don Lemon thing? Oh, the guys just broke down laughing about. You know the thirty percent that won't ever change, and they believe whatever he says, no matter what. And then Ivanka chimed in about how you're, how are you making fun of all these people and blah blah blah, and you know it just created this whole thing. And I go, and I still don't know what you're talking about. I'll have to look it up. It was last last night on um, one of the CNN shows. They they just got into like a off the cuff. It was Don Lemon and Rick Wilson, who's uh, mm-hmm. who I love on Twitter. He's you know he's a Republican, but he's yeah. very anti-Trump. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of got into a discussion about, yeah, Trump's face that, the, that's never going to break from him. And it kind of turned into a, they got a little too relaxed and it kind of turned into a conversation about making fun of like people from the South and the term hillbilly came up and it was, it, it, they went a little bit far because mm-hmm. there are people in the South that aren't that way. But those but were the two they, guys, Don Lemon was just laughing. So he didn't... And, and to his credit, to his credit, like Rick Wilson, he like, he, he's from uh, like, northern florida he's like today defending himself but not really defending himself because he, he didn't really do anything wrong he's like no. guys i am a hillbilly like what the, i was talking you know i was yeah. talking about the people i know 
but like yeah Ivanka you know they they took it to mean like the the Ivanka and I think maybe Kellyanne you know his his whole his whole team took like basically was like look how insulting these liberal elites are to a certain part of the country and then of course people responded to her with all the quotes that Trump has said about California New York Uh Chicago Baltimore Iowa all the places that he can't stand and Mm -hmm. it's like it's, yeah, it's just any anybody in that family referring to anybody as as, as elite is just a joke. Oh, and but the was, nepotism stuff and like the Hunter Biden yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Just stop, just yeah. stop. Well, yeah. on that high note of high notes that mm. we have today, uh, we're gonna call it uh, with a few seconds left before the the hour break. What? Uh, wasn't oh. on time. Our conversation took us into uh, in depth at the end there. So there we go. There we go. Anything you want to say to your fans, Nate? I'm going to have nightmares about chocolate pudding tonight. That's for damn sure. I hope so. Mm. I'm going to have some chocolate pudding today, I think. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm, I'm not going to post it on Instagram or Please send it do. to you. Please do. You've been blocked once. You've been blocked twice. <laughs> I think I won't block your ass a third time. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. We'll catch you later, buddy. No.